Well, I want to talk about passion tonight. Can we talk about passion? All right, all right, all right. There's so many different perspectives of, of um, what we've been given in God. Uh, everything originated from Him. There, you don't really love unless you know Him, you know. And so there's a there's a, a true side of it. But with the passion side, I, I want to look at this a little bit because it, it has to do with uh, what drives. And there's so many different uses of this word passion. Um, but there's a side of it I, I, I think that we can look at that will help us to uh, realize uh, how we love God. This is, that's one thing that we've been told to do, isn't it? Love the Lord your God with, with what? All of everything, right? <laughs> so that's going to mean, um, uh, uh, and I want to include in this, our passion. And so it's going to activate things inside of us. When, when you think about passion, it can, it can be for a lot of, uh, you can have it for a job, you can have it for different things. But w what it implies is that you're, you have some energy that's being applied to towards it, right? That it's, it's driving you. It's, and in fact, it can make you go blind, <laughs> right? That, that's where the definition of love is blind. It, it becomes when there's a passion. You know, guys have been uh, equipped with hormones that cause them to, to be passionate in a way that's deceptive, though, because it's not really love necessarily. It's just passion. And uh, I, I want to look at how that you can have passion without love, but I don't know if you can really have true love without passion. There needs to be that side of it. But what is, what's it going to look like? And um, so I just want to pull up some of these definitions of this. We can go through this real quick. But it... Um, so passion is a very powerful feeling, for example, of sexual attraction, love, hate, anger, or other emotions. So it's not just a positive one. It can be a very negative one, right? And uh, it's something that, I, man, I noticed when we were reading out of Genesis this week. It's like God destroyed the whole world. Um, and it was actually out of passion. He, was, he said, I can't have this. His passion was so strong for righteousness that he could not allow for there to be wickedness and, and evil. And because he's a holy God, he actually destroyed all of all of living things. Man, uh, the water was 20 feet above the highest peak, I think it says in there. Isn't that amazing? Anyway, um, you know, some of these examples in here about football and school and Politics, man, people get into politics, don't they? Um, and, and I just want to point out that, that uh, and we'll see this, but that just because you're passionate about something doesn't mean it's right. It can be a very misdirected uh, passion. I mean, you see that so much in, in world history. It's how, how much political leaders have, have led people astray uh, by their speeches, by... by um, Misinformation. It's funny. I never really heard misinformation used until recent politics. And it's, it's when people that are misinforming want to accuse of misinforming is what it kind of seems like, you know. Uh, but in order to get uh, any kind of ideal or even if, whether it's good or, or, or bad, you have to get passion involved in it, right? Um, some of the synonyms... Uh, and again, uh, we, we want to think, and, and here's what can happen when p passion is leading, that, that <clears throat> it, can, it can cause us to call things 
these synonyms, quote-unquote, love that aren't necessarily love because we're actually being led by passion. So if, if passion is the leader, it, it can be dangerous. So if we can see this a little bit, um, <clears throat> uh, all these examples. I'm not going to go through all these examples. Um, but, you know, I, I did. How many watched the Super Bowl? There was a commercial on there, and I wasn't watching it very close. And it, and it said how, how um, Jesus was watching, washing everybody's feet. And I, and I, I thought, well, that's, that's nice. They're talking about Jesus. But what they were doing, well, I, I actually had somebody point that out to me later, that they were saying that, uh, that if you don't agree with somebody, you hate, hate them if you don't agree with them. And um, said Jesus didn't hate anybody. And so what, they, what the world wants to do is call, um, even if you're doing something that is, is God doesn't agree with, that's unholy, that's, un, that's wicked, the, even though they're choosing that. And, and what happens is, is pe- people are following what their natural drive is, what their passions, what their uh, emotions are. They're, when they're following that, they're seeing it as legitimate. I mean, this is what's happened, you know, with all the identity and everything that's going on. What, what, what's taking place is somebody's having an, an emotional passion response, and it's guiding them to put a label of love on it. And then if you don't agree with that, they're calling it hate, right? And so they, they uh, <laughs> what they don't know is, <laughs> and, and again, they need to read Genesis 7, uh, that, that God destroys things when we come up with our own version of what these things are. And, um, and passion does not equal love. In fact, they can guide you away because what, every time a passion is guiding, it's selfish. It's, it's going to gratify something that I want. Uh, and, uh, and, and usually, love can really start there. <laughs> and, and God's put these little... Uh, uh, locators of people that we might like to be with in our brain that cause us to to get excited when we see somebody that's attractive. It's, it's interesting how this has been put inside of us. And what that is, there, there's a side of it that initially says, I'm, I want to be gratified by this. You know, I, I, I want to kiss this beauty. I want to, I want to experience her presence. I, I want to... I want, I want. And, and the, the, the issue is, when that is the guide, that's, that's passion that's driving it. Um, and it, it's something where it, it takes us to a place where we can get into true love, but it can't be the guide. It can't be the thing that, that leads us there. Um, I want to look at another word here, and partly the reason why I want to look at this is... is um, uh, one of the passages that I'm looking at, the, the King James ca- calls it uh, um, calls it zeal, uses the word zeal, and then this tr- other translation that I'm looking at calls it passion. And so there's there's a side of zeal that is is going to be very active for the cause of what the passion is for. Can you see that? So. Um, the reforming missionary, uh, religious zealot, uh, a zeal for money making. There's going to be a lot of of energy applied for the thing that there is zeal for. 
But it, it, it's associated with passion. And, and if you'll hang with me a little bit, there, there's, there's something more than just good feelings going on. There's an active drive to do something about what the passion is for. Um, if we look at, at passion and zeal, what, what fuels these things? And, and you can either have lust. And wh what is the lust? It's I want it for me, right? And, and here again is, is the, um, the, the perversion, the distortion, the fracturing of the truth with regard to this is uh, it, it's, it's called love, but really it's for me. And this is what I see in a, in a lot of these things where people are, are saying we just need to accept everybody for how they are. Well, really? If it's the worst thing for this person, how can I just accept how they are? And I'm so glad that God doesn't, doesn't uh, model that for us at all. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that, when, that God accepted us the way we were, but he didn't leave us that way? That, that's because he loves us. <laughs> he doesn't hate us uh, for saying that we can get better or that we can be fixed or we can be helped, Right? <laughs> He, he, wants to, he wants to do something about us to make us better. So, um, <clears throat> and then there's misdirected uh, passion uh, versus true. And you can see that again in, you know, I think of, of some of the religious uh, things that have happened. Like, what was it? Uh, the guy that took everybody out into Africa and they all drank Kool-Aid, you know. Uh, they were, they all did it. They were passionate. They, they, but it was misdirected. It's like it becomes very critical to not be misdirected in your passion. I mean, we had some stuff going on, and, and, and my heart goes out to these people. They, they, they were rioting. They were doing things that were, um, you know, mindless, and they really believed in what they were doing. And there's, I mean, it's going on right now. I mean, it's, it's all, there's so many things going on that would re represent that. I don't want to hammer on that too much, but you understand that there's a misdirection of passion, and we're going to see that this can actually be actually in our relationship with God. This is kind of where I'm getting with all of this, is that we have to be careful that just because we're passionate about God doesn't mean that what we're doing is direct, our, the, the evidence of it is being directed correctly. Can you see that? Okay. So it's important to get on the truth side of even what God wants for us in a relationship. It's kind of like uh, having, having a, 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 a mate that you're doing something for. And, and this is why it's good to find out how, what, what people like. So, so my wife sent me this thing. I'm, I'm trying to think, what am I going to do? I mean, she's not even here. We can't go out to eat. We can't, you know. And I'm thinking, and this happened to me at Christmas time too. So I go to the mall, and um, I hadn't been to the mall in years. And, and we and I ran into the love buys in the and and man they blessed me they they took me in the store and bought me some stuff but I was there to get but get Kim something and so man I here's the thing women know what they want and and my passions don't necessarily always line up with hers and so it becomes you know a scary thing you know so I went ahead and did something. And I'm thinking, man, she's going to like it. I won't even tell you what it is because it might be embarrassing somehow. But not, not in the, any way like that. But just some, peop some people are just better at this, okay? 
And, uh, and so she asked me about it. So how much did you spend? Where did you get it? And I was like, I was just trying to be passionate here. I was just trying to get you some, you know. And my, my passion was misplaced. So anyway, she saved me yesterday. She sent me a link. She said, this is what I would like. She directed my passions for me. Can you see this? <laughs> she said, it's not too much, but it's what I'll like and I'll wear it. I said, All right. So then I, I got right away. I jumped on it. I bought it. Aren't you glad you can buy stuff right away? <laughs> It'll be delivered to your front door. But I, right away I got on it because, and I was passionate about it. It was fun, you know, because I knew that what I was doing was going to be what she wanted. Isn't that good? And, and this is, you know, it, we can be doing stuff for God. We can be doing stuff for uh, somebody, and if it's not really what they want, we can be expending a whole bunch of energy, and it's really not accomplishing uh, what we would like for it to do. Can you see that? So I want to look here first at, at, at an example that Jesus gave of this. Uh, aren't you glad he, he's passionate? But something I noticed, and we're going to pull draw this out, <clears throat> is that, man, I wrote this really good song for, for Easter a long time ago. And it said, he saw you right here at this moment, and his heart was filled with love for you. And, and you know what? He, he did. But you, do you know why he gave his life on the cross? He, he did it for us, but he did it for us because the Father wanted him to. It was his love for, for the Father. Remember? I mean, in the garden, he didn't say, God, I'm going to do this for all these people. No, he said, not my will, but your will be done. So he directed his passion and, and, you know, that's it's actually called, when you look up the definition of passion, that's one of the definitions, the passion of Christ. Right? It, it, it's what he did when he went to the cross. But what was it directed towards? It was actually his love for the Father that caused him. And we're going to see this because, because when, when you get your passion connected with the true love, it's going to include everything that the object of that love is about. And this is what, how we can get connected with this. All right. Let's just read this. So, so Jesus uh, exemplified this. John uh, 2, 13. And it's weird holding the microphone like that. But anyway. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. So Jesus went to Jerusalem. And in the temple area, he saw merchants selling cattle, sheep, and doves for sacrifices. He also saw dealers at tables exchanging foreign money. Jesus, and what's he seeing when he's seeing this? He's seeing what his father's house is being turned into, how it's being treated. Now, what drives him here right now? It's, it's, not, it, it's, it's not anger towards the people as much as it is as it is passion for the father it's passion it's his love for the father and what's interesting about this is he calls it the father's house right and sometimes we can want to we can want to separate you know he said well i, I i'm, I'm going to build my 
we are the temple of God now, and, and, that, and it's true. But there, he still has a place. He still sets aside a place where, where we come together and we worship. And that means a lot to him. <laughs> so much so that in this time, Jesus made a whip from some ropes. Okay, talk to me about how he was passionate. Was he just a passionate about washing feet? No, he's passionate. Most, more than anything else, he was passionate for his father. And he said, anything about my father, I'm going to be protective about. And you start treating it like it's a place to make money. You start treating it like it's something else. And Jesus got out a whip and chased them all out of the temple. And it's going to really be fun to see, isn't it? In the replay. He drove out the sheep and cattle, scattered the money changers, coins over the floor, and turned over their tables. This sounds like some passion, doesn't it? But what is driving it? What is fueling it? It's pure love for his father. And I really want to make this connection that it was, it was unbridled commitment and love to everything that was the Father's will, everything that the Father was about. He had a, the, the, the temple had been established for the presence of his Father. And he saw something corrupting that. He said, it is not going to stay. Then going over to the people who sold doves, he told them, get these things out of here. Stop turning my Father's house into a marketplace. Then his disciples remembered this prophecy from the scriptures. Passion for God's house will consume me. He's talking about Jesus, right? But it wasn't the house as much as it was the Father, right? And this is the connection I want to see here. Is that the true love that comes from the Father. We sang about it. Don't you like that? Uh, this true love that we receive from the Father is going to not just be something that we receive from Him, but we take that same thing on. And now, His passions aren't just going to be His passions. They're going to be ours, too. And we're going to have that same kind of an attitude about the things of God. Can we see this? All right. All right. So, let's go to Romans 9, 1. With love, uh, there's directed passion, and saving takes precedent over self. So what happens in this? I mean, Jesus was taking a risk in doing all this stuff, wasn't he? I mean, every, all, all through his ministry, he was taking risks. That he was laying down himself before he got to the cross. He was doing it all the time, right? They took him out to the side of the cliffs. They were going to knock him over the cliffs. He was, ta he, he was more concerned about his love. for. He said, everything I do is, is, is for love for my father. It's because I'm looking at him, right? <laughs> Romans 9.1. With Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and my holy and the Holy Spirit confirm it. Okay, man, he's he's getting he's getting wired up here, isn't he? He's getting fired up. And this is Paul, right? My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. So what happens in the passion? Because he's taking on the passion of Christ, isn't he? He said, I'm going to have that same thing. 
Why? Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So Paul is taking on that same heart. But it's not, and he said, I, I would do that. That's where passion um, connected with the, the love of God becomes something that is going to drive to the sacrifice of self in order to accomplish that. Can you see the necessity of that? And, and, and it will be something that is not optional, I believe. That, that when we are part of the body of Christ, when we are loving as Christ tells us to love, and we're going to see this, this is not optional. To have a relationship with him, we have to have his love. And you can't have his love without his passion. They are connected. And what does that passion look like? It looks like what Paul is saying here. There has to be a willingness. And, and if, we can, if we can take on that same kind of heart, it's going to be translated into other things in our life. If I'm willing to, do, to ha call myself accursed so that people can be saved, I might have to get out on the street and witness to somebody. You know what I mean? It's going to do something else. Not that we just do stuff just to, to prove anything. But if, if God's telling us, if he's guiding us, he said, come do this, right? My love will look like self-sacrifice or a willingness for it. Can you see that? All right. Misdirected passion. Let's look here. I've talked about this, but let's look at Romans 10, 1. And, and now, see, this can even happen. And, and you know, it's really obvious with, with Judaism back then. Um, but they were doing everything they knew to do. And so he displays the same kind of heart now for, the, for them. He says, they are passionate, but it's misdirected. It's not, it's not accomplishing. Man, we can get so involved in, in even serving in the church that, that our passion really isn't for him, and it's really not accomplishing anything. Not as far as our relationship with him, because it's misdirected. Let's look at this. Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart, he, he's getting all sappy again, right? And, and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal, passion. They're doing a whole lot, but it's misdirected, Right? For they don't understand God's way or make people right with him, with, um, of making people right with himself. They don't understand that he just wants a necklace that you can order right now. No, I'm sorry. Okay. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. So he's talking about righteousness like we've been talking about on Sundays, right? But he's talking about, he said, they're doing a whole lot, but it's just religion. God came to say, you love me, you receive, you believe in my love, and now what's going to come out of you is not going to be a, a reduction of passion, it's just going to be a directed passion to what my heart is. Can you see that? Is that cool? All right, say that's cool. Oh, that's cool. All right. All right, I'm going to get through this. We're going to be done. But this is good stuff, right? Especially on Valentine's Day. <laughs> so, personal misdirected passion leads to peril. Let's look at Samuel. 
Remember, remember what happened with Samuel? He had a uh, he had a son, Amnon. Of course, he had more uh, sons with different with uh, different uh, mothers, and uh, Amnon wanted wanted his uh, half sister, right, uh, Tamara. And uh, and he 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 seduced her. He 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 acted like he was sick, and he had her come in and feed him, right? What was he driven by? He was driven by passion. And I I just want to I just want to allow there to be an example of this anyway. That there we, we can have something that 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 seems like something we're driven to, and we've all experienced this. Something we're driven to out of our passions. That once you get it you find out you hate it. And that's always, that's an indication of whether it's really from God or not, right? Because Amnon, Amnon actually, uh, you know, forced himself on her. Of course, Ab- Absalom comes along later and takes care of that. A few years later, actually, he waits. He, um, but Amnon, what happened to him? Because his passion was misdirected, now he hated her exceedingly so that the hatred, what is this? This is passion, isn't it? with which he hated her, was greater than the love with which he had loved her. And Amnon said to her, her eyes be gone. It's misdirected. So here's the thing. Just because we're feeling something really strong, if it's not submitted to this other thing that we, we are, we're familiar with, I'm, I'm talking to the choir, right? But there's other things in our life. It doesn't have to be a sexual thing. It can be something else that we, we feel driven towards. If it's driven from a personal desire, it, it can come back to be something that we actually hate. It's more of a curse than it, what, it, the blessing that we was hoping for, right? Let's look at John 15. Zeal finds itself, its gratification and sacrifice for a cause. Already touched on this a little bit. Uh, Paul, Paul uh, said, man, I've I, I laid down my life if it save anybody, right? John 15, 12. This is my commandment, and, and I'm going to make some correlations here with, with Jesus with regard to this. So this, this is Jesus' commandment to us is to do what? Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Now, if we can kind of look at this from a little, little different perspective. He said, the same way I have loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. So he's talking about the sacrifice side, right? So something I saw in this is um, with passion, the gratification is what's going to happen for me. With love, with, with passion that's driven by love, the gratification comes with what I can give myself to somebody else. And I know this sounds kind of simple, but, but Jesus... Uh, modeled this, and, and man, I hope this isn't just too, man, I already heard this kind of stuff, right? <laughs> uh, but but I saw in, in the same way that I have loved you, and if we can look at his, his example in this, um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about after he rose from the grave when he was talking with Peter later on, right? Um, but then I want to come back to it a little bit and just, uh, we'll see, because what, how, did, how did Jesus love us? He loved us by laying down his life, like he said. There's no greater love than this than to lay down your life for somebody, right? And, and that's the ultimate passion. Not just, 
I'm going to fight so that I can have you. <laughs> I'm going to fight that you will have your best. Sometimes the greatest love we can have for somebody is not to possess them, but to release them, right? Um, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter. Remember, this is afterwards, and Peter had already denied him three times, and so he's, Peter's already feeling really bad about it, right? Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then, and this goes back to what I saw and I was talking about with, with Jesus even in the garden. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. But he's saying, if you love me, your passion cannot just be for me. And, and see, this is such a big thing I believe in the churches. We want to have, we, a lot of people say, I, I can just have my own personal relationship with God. I don't need to be a part of a church. I don't need to be hooked up with a church. And maybe, you know, it doesn't matter which one, but, you, but, but God has a different perspective on this. And he likes a necklace that doesn't cost too much that you can get right now. And if you're going to love him, you've got to love what he likes. Can you see that? And the passion has to get connected with what he's passionate about. And Jesus is doing that with Peter. He's saying, do you love me? Because you're going to have to love, you're going to have to put your passion, your energy what, you dri what drives your life, you're going to have to put it to what I want. There has to be the connection to what he wants. Or there's no real love for him. That's what Jesus is saying, right? He said, if you love me, you're going to love what I love. You're going to love, you're going you're gonna to not just love, you're going to be passionate. You're going to be driven to accomplish it. Can you see that? And he says it three times, right? Um, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, uh, uh, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep. Third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. Starting to really get his feelings hurt, getting into strife and offense. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And again, we can say we love God all day long but our passion will dis display. And what is the passion going to display? Again, what is this definition that we're, we're seeing that we get from Paul, that we get from Jesus? What is the definition of this passion? First of all, it's going to be self-sacrifice for the sake of somebody else, not what I'm getting out of anything at all. In fact, I think there has to be a removal of the consideration of self, and that's what Jesus did, right? In the same way Jesus loved us becomes the, th the way that he's saying, I'm commanding you to do this. It's not an optional thing. The same way I love, you love. Are you seeing this? Say, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. What, what's he following him into? It's actually a life of passionate love. And what I saw in this, I'm trying to, uh, and, and there's probably other things beyond what I'm going to just point out here, but, but he's saying, you're in a place in your life where you get to choose what you're going to do. There's going to be a time when you're not going to be able to. But what you choose to do now will determine whether you're following me right 
all the way to the end. Can you see that? And it, to follow me is to follow me uh, and not just wishy-washy love that you get to self-define and self-determine. It's going to be what he wants. And he said, it's going to be taking care of my body, taking care of my sheep. And it doesn't, doesn't mean that you have to go to seminary or something, but you're going to be taken care of because that's his passion. Man, it, makes, it, it gives us an opportunity to see people differently. Remember what happened when Jesus got in trouble? He said, man, you're, you're hanging out with the publicans and the sinners. You're hanging out with people that are, we don't even like, to be, we don't like the way they smell. We don't like, we don't like anything about them. They're, they're, and he said, this is why I came. I came to save people. You know, and, and as Christians especially, there should be this taking on of that same passion that not only did he come to, to, to hang out with them a little bit, he came to lay down his life for them. And I think that's what he's telling Peter. You know, when you, when, when you do what I'm asking you, when you actually love me, this is where it's going to take you to where there's self-sacrifice. Now, that might not be a, that was, a, that was an actual prophecy for Peter, right? He, he was going to be uh, uh, killed. He was going to be, um, you know, a martyr. But I believe it, it's, a, it's a representation of what Jesus is commanding us to do. He said, you're going to have to sacrifice yourself if you're actually going to love me. It's going to have your passion. It, it, can't, be, it can't be just a, a nice thought. It's going to be your passion. It's going to be what drives you. What's really cool about this is we get our passion connected with, with him, and it's not going to be misdirected. Isn't that good? If you want to have a a directed, a well-directed passion and not be afraid that something's going to be out of line, you just start walking in the light as he's in the light, right? <laughs> so, again, I already referred to this, but again, Jesus is saying, love as I've loved. This is the commandment that I give you. Uh, this is how I loved you. And I like this little window in how he has loved us. Father, if it is your will, Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Sometimes we don't think of that necessarily as being an act of love, but it was. It was an act of passionate love for the Father. Our, the thing that's going to keep our heart where it needs to be is, is not something where it gets, it gets even misdirected on, on, on his body alone. You know what I mean? Or ministry or 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 the things about the church, or, or it's going to be the Father. He said, love as I've loved you. Love the Father. He said, you, you can't love the Father without loving me. And I don't believe we can love the Father. We can't love the Jesus. That's why the second part of that is love your neighbor as yourself. Right? It's going to have that same kind of passion, the same kind of direction. Uh, one more here. Are you good? To have his love is to have his passion. Amen? You can't be dispassionate in loving God. I think, I think it's, it's something that you're, uh, uh, you're never there either. It's always an ascension. It's always something that you're being drawn into. Man, we should, we, we should be excited about this. this. This should be a vibrant, right, thing that we're being drawn into, this passion for God. It should, 
I, I, I think about this even in praying with, to, to having a prayer time with God, uh, a fellowship time with God. It should be something that, that we're being drawn into it deeper and deeper, more passionate, more <laughs> demonstrative, whatever, you know, to where it's, it's something that is, is not minimizing at all, but it's, it's magnifying. First uh, John 4, 19. We love each other because he loved us first. Isn't that interesting? Again, this is why I kind of wanted to segue out of he loves us, oh, how he loves us. And we can get all mushy and we can get all weeping and everything else about how much God loves us. But the purpose of that love of him, that we receive and the legitimacy of it, the evidence that we've actually received it, and we're not just being weird, <laughs> is when we love somebody else in the same way, right? If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. Let's just consider what does it mean to hate, actually, in, in God's perspective. And let's, let's if, if we call having God's love, having his passion, what would it mean to hate somebody? It's kind of like honor. What does it take to honor? What, put it this way. What does it take to dishonor? Disregard, right? To, to just to not actively do something. This, this is something I, I love about the Amalekites is, is um, so whenever I see Ollie, I don't, Ollie's an honoring guy. He's, he's just, man, I always feel so honored. You know, it's like when I met him at the mall. That was honor what they gave me, you know? Uh, what would have happened if uh, they saw me coming and they said, oh, here comes Pastor, let's hide. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> How do we hate somebody? It's when we disregard an opportunity to be actively passionate towards them. That's why it's so important for us as a body to be passionate towards each other in affection. Paul talks about being affectionate towards each other. Well, I don't like the way I look. Well, get over it. Maybe somebody doesn't like the way you look. You know, <laughs> uh, hates a fellow believer. So, and again, just doesn't apply passion towards a fellow believer. Can we look at it that way? I think we should be spurred with this, spurned or whatever. You know, prompted with this. Okay, <laughs> that person is a liar. What is one of the things that, that God hates? He actually actively hates. Liars, right? Especially with their pants on fire. Right? For, if, for if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? Oh, I just do anything for God. It, to me, it's kind of like uh, I do anything to be a great musician. Well, practice then. What? Yeah, practice. Practice a lot. You, you gotta, you gotta, and submit to some training. Uh, but you can't love God without actively being passionate towards His body. How are you gonna do that if you're not connected? How are you not gonna do that if you're not serving? How are you, you know? And that's one of the greatest gifts I think God has given us is the body of Christ, so that we can actually passionately love and demonstrate what we've received. Isn't that great? 
I know, this is really good stuff. And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. And let's just take this definition of love, that it has to have passion. Amen? And have this statement, to have is love. It's to have. That, what is that? That's a driving fire. That's a, that's a motivation that I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be moved by anything that would keep me from doing this, right? <laughs> and then God says that I'm hating if I'm not actually actively passionate. Amen.